guys ready up there? Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Fiona Kinsella, I'm a producer and I'm also a board member of Women in Film and Television Ireland. Earlier this year, Women in Film and Television held a panel discussion featuring our talented members who would work screening as part of the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. I spoke with directors Roisin Kearney, Maureen O'Connell and Cathy Dunn as well as producer Don McAllister and performer Laura O'Shea about all things short film. So, first of all, congratulations to everyone for being selected into the festival. That's no mean feat. Really, really well done. And I think uh, congratulations to Don as well on the nomination for the Virgin Media Discovery Awards as well. So that's amazing. Well done. <laughs> Um, so what I was hoping to do is maybe if we started off and got everyone to maybe introduce themselves and um, talk a little bit about the film, their film and their role in the film. So uh, maybe if we could start with you, Cathy. Sure. Um, so my name is Cathy Dawn and um, the film I had in this year was uh, Imprints, which was a short documentary Um it was, you know, sort of a labor of love because my grand uncle left a load of scenarios from the 1960s capturing his and his wife's life in Ireland the, on a peacekeeping mission in, in the Congo um, and around Europe. So I explored, you know, the idea of the passing of time with an interview with, with my Aunt Mary and punctuated by some of Dennis's beautiful memories that were captured on Sine. That's brilliant. And where can we see that film? It, which programme is it in? You... It's in the Shorts 2 programme. Brilliant. Thanks, Cathy. And Mo? Hey, how's it going? Um, so my name is Mo O'Connell. Um, I'm the director of Home, which is written by the brilliant Ivan Cush. Um, and it's basically, it's a kind of a quirky, I suppose, drama slightly funny but it's, I suppose it's mainly a drama really and um, it's just about a young guy Tim who comes into uh, an art gallery and he wants to kind of get away and have some peace and he's having an argument with his significant other on his phone and we hear him kind of lie to her as well on the phone and so we know he's in a bad state uh, and so um, he just wants to chill out he's not taking in the art it's in the Sean Scully room the Hugh Lane and um, so then we have Cecil who enters and uh, Cecil is a much older kind of gentleman and he um, ends up kind of allowing Tim to come out of his funk by kind of uh, showing him the uh, vibrancy and the energy of the art around him and that he can use use the art in front of him to, to help enrich his life kind of thing. How did you come up with the idea or how, how did the idea come to you, the, the whole project? Oh, well, um, so it was written by Ivan Cush. Um, so he's he would hang out in art galleries and he has an uncle who is kind of slightly eccentric who he'd have these kind of conversations with and that type of thing. So I, I came onto it via Ronan Cassidy who was initially producing it and he asked me to apply to Screen Ireland with them as director. And I loved the script so I did my notes on it and that type of thing and um, he ended up getting two Screen Ireland shorts so he just stepped down from home so we got another producer or whatever so but um yeah, so but we got the funding and then after that I just studied Sean Scully and um, 
tried to bring in his art or his his energy into the piece as much as I possibly could. And I tried to bring like a kind of like a primal energy to it because I think that's in his in his work. Uh, kind of through kind of you know um, sound. He's using sound to kind of give the paintings kind of personality and character. And we gave him elements. So some paintings were like water, some were air, some were fire, and that type of thing, and earth. And we kind of worked on that, and then they different personalities, and so we worked on the argument that the paintings were having. So yeah. that points to Tim's as they're arguing, and he kind of, you know, he hums at them to try to kind of demonstrate to Tim the energy coming from them, and they have a resonance and that type of thing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I suppose that's what I did. I mean, I, you know, and I worked with the actors on backstory and that type of thing, and really tried to ground it and root it so that it didn't fly away from us and just be kind of like a, kind of a, I don't know, a shallow short or something. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's how I came on board and that's, that's what I did with it. And, and Dawn, do you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah um, the, I produced The Fear, um, directed and written by Stevie Russell, um, who I've, worked with a couple of times before on music videos and things like that um and we submitted to screen ireland got funding in the short stories strand um so it's in the the screen ireland program um in diff and um yeah very we fortunately managed to get it shot just before uh the the long weekend of 2020 COVIDness, um, and then proceeded to um, piggyback on an ad shoot to get a, our VFX shot done the day before lockdown, I think, and then had to post it remotely, fully, re fully remotely, with Stevie being able to kind of go in, um, maybe just for the sound mix into Windmill. Um, so yeah, very surreal um, doing something fully remote in post, um, but uh, but yeah, we I think we we did really well. Um, we're we're both really really happy with it, um, and so it premiered in Cork and now is in Diff, and we're kind of trying to trying to strategize about where we'll where we'll put our energies into for submitting it for the rest of its um festival life now so yeah i think maybe that's something we could come back to later as well as just festivals now and and how to deal with that uh, i think it would be an interesting chat to have later on in this yeah um and just with the fear i thought it's a really interesting idea stevie wrote the script as well did he or stevie wrote it as well yeah so it's 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 essentially um a, a story of the fear personified. Um, so we have Manus Halligan in prosthetics as this gruesome, um, gruesome monster who is the fear, that inner voice in people's ear. So we've got the really hungover girl waking up, kind of going, what happened last night? The aging um, uh, elderly woman who's kind of starting to outage where she's living and kind of, you know, gets the fear every time she comes to her staircase. Um, and then um, also following a, a, a man who's lost his job and is trying to find a new one to support his family. So it's not just the kind of the traditional, like, I've, I've, I've drunk too much. It's, uh, it's also just 
just that that inner voice and, and what happens and how it can manipulate you and um and the tonic to it as well so it's kind of it's kind of um purporting to be that horror but then really turns towards the end um and it's just it's kind of it's a nice dark dark comedy yeah i really like that about it and uh roisin hi <laughs> sorry i was watching something else going on behind me here so i was getting distracted how are you um I was director of Paddy short film, which is in program one of Virgin Media, Dublin International Film Festival. And um, Paddy's, it's, well, it's a coming of age story really, but it's based in 1970s London. Um, and Paddy, or, well, Patrick is, um, I still find it very difficult saying the word Paddy. I was brought up in a house where you didn't use the word Paddy. So, in a, you know, so um, unless it was someone's actual name. But um, Patrick is, he's um, just that 16, 17 year old age group, but he's been sort of held on to by his mother into sort of Irish heritage, whereas he's a young London boy and it's about finding his place and his people and his tribe. And he finds that through punk music. And um, it's also, it does have the background there of like of sort of anti-Irish racism that was going on due to horrendous bombings that were happening through the 70s. Um, but also it's, it's quite uplifting. So he's he's kind of a determined young man. So that was but I it was written by Sinead Callopy. Sorry. And um, I came to it because of the producers approached me to direct it, which I was very, very happy to do. And um, we shot it down in Ennis, with, which I know that isn't London, but we, I think we did okay. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, for anyone who's seen it, um, and then lots of original music, which was really, really amazing part of it as well, which um, was huge. Michael Hickey, who wrote all the songs for it, and then Joe Conan wrote the score for it. So just it all came together, and um, we got it shot before Christmas, uh, before the lockdown. We had one day of real life editing and the rest was all online. So we kind of had all that phone calls and emails and all the rest. So it was an interesting. It was the first time I've ever done post in any way like that. So it was tough in some ways, but it was great because it kind of left people off to do their own thing and play around a little bit as well and come backwards and forwards. And the input was great. And we were very lucky because Phil, who, Edited is incredible. So <laughs> Laura's giving me the thumbs up there. He's worked with Phil quite a bit as well. He's brilliant. He's really brilliant. Yes. I, I thought the the first thing that struck me, um, I thought the production design was amazing. It looked really good. It's well, it's re it's quite low budget. We had yeah. we were funded by um Creative Ireland and then Clare County Council. So there was a very it was a very low budget, you know. So we had three days and we didn't really have a huge amount as far as money goes for that sort of stuff. We were just really lucky because some of the stuff we did, there was like there's a London bus and stuff that arrived in in post-production, which was great. But just working in Ennis, like I can't tell you how brilliant um, all the local businesses, like we were shooting in pubs and I mean all day and they were absolutely fantastic and um, really, really helpful. And we just couldn't have made it without all of that without a community kind of coming on board and 
given us a hand in that. So um, I think what we didn't have in funding, we kind of made up with goodwill a lot of the time. So which is filmmaking. I think we've all been there. We've all um, begged, borrowed and stolen for everything. And then we had um, we were very lucky with costume as well. We got some really, really great costume in, which kind of makes it as if you're setting something in the 70s, it has to be, you know, so. So that was great. And we just, students as well who were working with us, they were shadowing and also playing a few extras, which was great. <laughs> so they, they didn't get away with just behind the camera. They got had to be dressed up and put in front of the camera as well. So they were brilliant. They were really, really good. Brilliant. And Laura. <laughs> Hello. Um, so my name is Laura O'Shea. Um, I'm an actor and a filmmaker. Um, in this instance, my involvement in the festival is strictly as an actor and I'm in Guard Up, which is in shorts program two. And it's a short written and directed by my very good friend, Tony Doyle. Um, and the long and short of it is he plays a young boxer that's prepping to fly over for the Olympics. And he's kind of snapped at a rave on somebody's phone in an uncompromising situation. So... He wakes up the following morning to text messages. His dad is ringing him while these photographs are circulating around the internet and he's feeling like maybe his career is over. Um, and I play a reporter that chats to him about his uh, planned visit to the Olympics before all of the stuff hits the fan. And then I also approach him later on when he's reapproaching his boxing club nervously. And I try to get a reaction out of him and out of his father um, in relation to the photographs that are going around online. So... Yeah, it was a bit of fun. The short itself was one of the actor as a creator schemes. So Tony applied for the, wasn't it Screen Ireland and Bow Street collaborated around the start of lockdown, um, which was great. So they're offering, I think like it was 10 or 12 scripts, two and a half grand as a bursary. Um, and Tony was one of the recipients of that. So the short itself was filmed over two weekends on the budget of two and a half grand. And to be fair, I think it looks like it was four times, four times the budget. Um, so he produced with Warrior Films and I think they did an amazing job because it looks so slick. And um, he shot two weekends. His last day of filming actually was the day I was on and it was just before the November lockdown. So Tony got in again, kind of at the last whistle and they were luckily in post then for the preceding lockdowns that that followed but um this is the premiere for the shorts so it's the first festival and tony got a, a nomination as well for a discovery award so he's off to a good start with the short i would say that's amazing i think one of the things i wanted to talk about as well was at uh, the actor as creation not just the scheme but i think working with actors um who have who have either written their own scripts or they've directed it's something that you've done Laura as well yeah, yeah that's kind and, of how I've started making my own stuff um because like like Tony we met in Bow Street together so we were in the same year and we've worked together on a couple of projects since we finished so we're kind of kind of like creative partners I mean we've made it short together we've written a play together um it's getting to the stage now where we're kind of becoming the ant and deck of um of the dublin film scene because you can't get one without the other i'm sure people are saying but um yeah it's just i think it's 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 really good that bow street started the, the scheme because myself and tony aren't the only actors making their own work to get their faces on screen um in my own close group of friends i can think of another five or six people that i know um and it seems to be 
a real surgence. Like I feel like most actors now are just saying to themselves when they leave school, yeah, okay, grand, I'm just going to make a short, you know, and people are jumping straight in. They're not waiting for the phone to ring. Um, and I think it's it's definitely the way forward. Like it seems to be really the in thing at the minute, which is great. And um, I know that Mo and Roshi, you're both actors as well. Um, so um, a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> um, I kind of, as a producer over the last while, I've I've started to work with a, a lot of actors who have written scripts. So um, and. I think it's brilliant. I think it, it um, they, it's uh, they tend to be so good at writing scripts, and, and particularly uh, the, the scripts kind of feel very authentic. Um, and Don, I don't know how you you feel about that. Have you had any experience with actors who have initiated their own work or produced it? Um, not heaps, but I, I can definitely see the merits because obviously they know they're probably probably even more likely than writers to just say it out loud and see how dialogue is going and that it's not too expositiony and that it's got some flow to it um and just yeah being able to insert themselves into a scene and and visualize it from there um it's definitely something i'd be interested in because i've i've seen a lot of that work as well um and kind of came through theatre a bit to come to film as well so um, I think in the theatre world actors and uh, actors are more often slashies as well where they're just doing a bit of everything and directing and writing and devising and all of that Definitely, yeah send me scripts <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think for just from the active from the active as I worked in theatre an awful lot of years I would have come from theatre but um, it's also going into character so I find if when you're writing character, you go into the character. So you start think, you know what I mean? So it's, I think that's really, I think for me anyway, that that's helpful is being able to put yourself in the shoes of whoever you're writing and kind of have. I think as well, it really helps for writing structure, I find, because um, so I, so I, I went to Rad and so like, you know, we did loads of classics and stuff. So the, the thing that you find out, it's not just playing a part, not just, you know, indulging in a, you know, in another character that you're creating, you have to tell a story and you're part of the story. So you're part of the structure of the story. And so you can feel it. So when you do it loads and loads of times over and over again, it's in your body. So when you go to write, you can kind of feel it. Oh, that's not helping the structure here. You know, so you can kind of feel it. So it's, it's really useful. And it's interesting the way I, I, you know, I find some people kind of think, oh, well, what are you? Are you an actor? Are you a writer? Or, you know, you can't do all of these things. It's like actors have always done all the things. You know, <laughs> you go right back, uh, you know, starting you know, early 1900s, like actors were doing everything. They were all the producers, they were the directors and the writers. And, and, and it's coming back again. And I think it's, it's great as well for women. Women, because women, just, that's why there's so many brilliant, you know, female parts now with Phoebe uh, Water Bridge, Mikhail Cole. Um, because I find it's so bizarre when people say that as well. Because, like, if you, if you, if you only, if you could only be known as one thing, then you're limiting yourself so much. Um, like for a time, I was like, will I get business cards done? No, I wouldn't know what to put on. I'd have to put down like slash seventeen things. Um, 
So I just went with my name, phone number and email instead and just left off any kind of title. <laughs> Whatever you want, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Fixer. <laughs> I do know a number of directors as well, though, who have done acting classes. They've done like, I mean, they've gone and out and done acting classes for themselves. Yeah. And, and writers who've gone out and done acting, not because they want to act at any point in the future, because they just want to understand it as an art form because they feel it will help them. So it's it, these things all cross over a little bit. You know, there's always even if you're kind of focused in one area, I think it's helpful to have a good understanding of the other areas as well. You know? I think for some actors as well, I know from for myself personally, like it was just to give yourself that feeling of like, there's like a sense of control over your careers like okay well look I haven't had an audition in like four months yeah. the last one I had was for an ad for like hemorrhoid cream or something like that you know and you start to feel really grim about things and it's like right well I'm just going to get a bunch of friends together and shoot a thing and at least I feel like I'm working and if it's terrible then I just won't show anybody and you know it's but you're getting friends together and you're like working on something for a few weeks so I think it just makes you feel like okay I'm, I'm doing something I'm not just sitting around and you know Hoping to get that hemorrhoid cream ad. I don't know why I said hemorrhoid cream. Was- <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with it. Illustrating the glamour of the industry, Laura. It's fine. <laughs> All the things they could have chosen. But uh, yeah, I think it's just like you're giving yourself a sense of control, you know. Yeah. Um, and then quickly the actor gets seen as a director. And, and and that's strange. Like I've had people send me scripts and I'm like, oh, cool. And what part do you want me to look at? And they're like, oh, no, no, to direct it. And I'm like, oh. And I find that very strange because I never got into it for the purpose of of directing things or anything. I just did it like selfishly to to put myself out there as an actor. So, you know, you can open up avenues for yourself as well in areas that you think you might you, you didn't think you were going to ever work in. So it can't hurt. And would you actually consider directing or have you? Have- I don't know. Like I've read a couple of scripts um, that people sent me over the last year or two. And like I'd read everything with an open mind. I just feel like. I'd find it difficult. I think it's easier to direct your own writing because you have a sense of what you want out of it. Um, Unless the script that someone sent was like something straight out of my own brain, I'm not sure I'd feel confident enough, but I would definitely not say no for sure. You know what I mean? Um, But I feel like at this stage, I'd rather just not have, it's like you bypass a lot of stuff if if you're the writer as well, because you can kind of just jump a lot of levels of understanding. Um, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say never anyway, for sure. And I'm just going to go back to Kathy as well, just because um, um, just I think author was what came into my head. Sorry, I'm not used to hosting these things. <laughs> You're doing very well. Um, I just thought that um, so you're a writer director and um, documentary is your thing as well. So so you 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 look after all of the aspects of the creative process as well. Yeah, I suppose like I've come in on a kind of a probably a weird angle to most of the people and like you know my background was originally in music and then I moved into um, multimedia. Then I just I did a master in DCU and then I kind of started off with like a lot of corporate bits so like you know things were like 40 or whatever and um, just working in the background and then started to then eventually kind of get the confidence and just to start doing my own stuff but mainly when it comes to documentary I suppose yeah the writing kind of comes in the edit and um, so I come from quite a technical point of view like um, I'm also director of photography I just you know love the whole filming process, love, love all the technicalities, love the editing. And um, so for imprints, you know, because that was, 
it was something like you know that intimidated me for um a couple of years I got the films you know way back in 2014 and there was I felt a bit like there was this legacy kind of left and I really wanted to be able to tell the story in the best way possible um because they were my family you know so there is like this big huge pressure there um and then during the filming of the interviews with my granddad she she like passed away so there was a gap then as well so um yeah I kind of it was only like because of COVID that I actually had the time to actually think about how I'd piece it together um and you know otherwise I may have like looked for some funding or whatever but because it was I suppose I'd taken it on myself just to do everything um I just kind of got into the edit then after shooting it and worked with Liam McCabe on a beautiful soundtrack like you know because part of it is it's about um really like the essence of it is like it's a celebration of life um and a lot of the footage is shot um in Africa and Liam would have spent some time out there and he some of his music was just beautiful like he had taken sound snippets from uh, a Kenyan funeral and he didn't realize what he was capturing on his audio device and somebody came up to him and was like oh like what like what why are you here capturing this this is a funeral and he was so surprised because it sounded like such a celebration and so then to be able to bring those elements then back into the soundtrack and so yeah so it's kind of been a bit of a like a a weird process I feel like I've kind of come from a bit of an an odd background into it kind of came in sideways and but yeah kind of directing um documentaries you know many my thing with the writing that coming in through the editing process yeah, it's 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 really beautiful film, and mm. your aunt looks like a really strong personality, and um, and <laughs> I I loved it. it's it's um a facet of that side of the Irish army. Just it's it seems like you've been brought into a world that we've never seen before. It's really it's gorgeous, really good. Yeah, and I think as well, like because you know his whole thing was he bought the camera just before he went went out there and when he went out to the Congo there was no way he was the first regiment as well to explain that went out so there was huge fear around that you know you know will he come back alive and there was no way of contacting there was no letters nothing you know no phone so his thing was like I'm gonna capture this for Mary for my wife but also like you know for family members and so what you see is all of the fun that happened there do you know what he basically he's kind of like formulating his memories to show and very much kind of control what he shows his family who are probably sick worrying about him for you know the guts of six months so um yeah just kind of interesting on that as well can I ask Kathy did you when you had all that footage digitized did you have to get it all graded then as well or how like it was the quality was really really like astounding on it and it's like that can't be from like 80 years ago that's madness yeah I I actually um I was in, so basically it was it was Julian from Super 8 uh, Productions in Galway who digitized it and he did such a fantastic job um like I mean like everything down to like you you know gave me advice on to how to store them when I got them back you know try to like keep them uh in cardboard to like let them breathe and like luckily the films were in really good condition and they're in really good nick um, and also like whatever it is there's just something beautiful about um like film like just like like it's just you can't get the same thing on it like a digital camera 
Um, and I suppose like, you know, the other thing is like I could send them back again now in a couple of years time, maybe get them upgraded to 4K, which is really cool because like, you know, digital, you can only step down, you can never step up. Um, but I actually hadn't touched the grade at all. I left and I purposely left the corners of the edges that were burnt in um, into the frame because I know like a lot of people would probably approach it with um you know a different ratio yeah. a square ratio um on on that but I just kind of liked the way the memories were kind of flickering in, in and out of the edge of frame um but yeah and, and the thing is like when I brought when I brought the films back to project them in Auntie Mary's house just before it was sold um the vibrancy oh my god and that's that's the one thing I'm kind of raging I didn't see it in the cinema now because you know it would have been amazing to see it on big screen but there's something when you project those even if it's like, you know, the digital backups, and when you project those onto the walls, like you just, you don't get the same colors from like a digital screen at all. Like it's just, just amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, that shot's beautiful. Absolutely. Like I've seen it a few times <laughs> and I just, every time I see that shot, I'm just like, oh, it's just stunning, stunning. And you would get to see it in the cinema, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm holding it for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I would be confident that you will. Um, I have some questions here from uh, the audience. So uh, one question is, where do you find your scripts? So I guess I'll start with Dawn. Um, people I've worked with already. Um, people that I meet and want to work with. Um, sometimes people just email me blind and I'll try and read if I can. I'll always kind of offer blunt notes, filterless, <laughs> if that's what they want. Um, but yeah, just, just uh, there's, there's no, unfortunately, there's no like script bank to just go and have a read of whatever tickles your fancy. It's just a, a case of making connections and talking to people and developing. Yeah. I, th I think yeah. you're right. H how about uh, you, Roshi? Uh, well, this is the first film that I directed that I hadn't written myself. Usually, okay. I've written myself, but um, <clears throat> I've worked. I've worked on a lot of scripts with a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, when they were developing or for notes or for this, that, or the other. Um, over the last, I used to do it actually years ago. Anyway, for a company, and I used to um, read scripts for production companies but um yeah it just depends I've been sent scripts and then like some I, I mean to, to make a, a script with someone you have to be really really passionate about the script and the story because you put so much work and so much energy and so much time and so much unpaid time <laughs> and you know other things have to fall back you know that you don't you know you miss out on other stuff in the world um so I think if you're if someone is taking on and working on a script with you and like I have people who have scripts of mine now who that are going into development um I think if you find the right person who's going to be passionate about the script it just works and sometimes you just read a script and you just, you just love it you just like I want to make this and and that's the way you should feel when you read a script and if I think when if you're writing and you're you're giving your work to people, you have to be confident that they're that's the way they feel about it as well. You know, that it's not just you. And yeah, it's, it's always going to take work. You always have to go through and 
tweaks and changes and then you hand it over to a director and then they go and make tweaks and changes and then you hand it over to an editor who goes and makes tweaks. And so you have to also be able to let go a little bit and allow other people to take a level of ownership over the end result too. So. But yeah, I get sense scripts and I try and re- if I can, if, if I have space, I always try and read whatever. Actually, no, I do. I read whatever. Goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be like, no, I do, but I do. Yeah. So, but yeah, that would be essentially where I go. <laughs> it's actually fun. one of the other questions was for the directors, how much editing would you do on a writer's script? Um, which I think it depends. Yeah. It depends. Like, I mean, some things have to change when you're on set. You know what I mean? You can be on set and you can think, have an idea in your head of what way something is going to play out. And then you just can't do it because the space isn't, doesn't allow for it or a light go. You know, you have to be able to adjust as you go or you might have to insert little bits and pieces. I mean, sometimes, you know, there might be, I know one of the things, a little bit of foreshadowing, you know, that it wasn't, you know, so you're like, oh, no, we have to see this person like wander through the background there. So, you know, so it's more sort of that. And then um, it really depends. I mean, you don't like you have a huge amount of respect if, you, if you're working on a script that someone gives you and you love enough to make. You're going to be very careful with it. You're not going to be going in with, you know. And hopefully you'd work with the writers as much as possible. And then after that, I think it's little bits and pieces that change just because that's life, you know, just because things happen. Um, when you're making stuff that are, are you realize, oh, we need this line because we don't have A, B or C. Um, so you've little like, which has happened to me on scripts of mine that I've given to other people where they're like, oh, we've had in a line. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but um you know that it's neat that's what you know other people have directed my scripts and they've had to do stuff and vice versa so you know I think it's just the way it is I think yeah I think fundamentally it's probably it is a collaborative it should be a collaborative process between the writer and the yeah. director absolutely um, yeah have you anything to add to that Mo? um well yeah I suppose like you I mean you edit um you know, uh, hopefully you get in at the start, you know, with the writer when they give you like a first or second draft or something, you can kind of give some notes then. Um, personally, I, I've just noticed that I've, I've been, a, I, I had been lacking in confidence giving notes and only recently I've found that I've, I've gained confidence from uh, working with Gemma Cray, the awesome Gemma Cray, <laughs> uh, with our uh, Spotlight thing and uh, Screen Ireland. We've a, a script editor, um, Cynthia DeSeza, who's brilliant. I've learned so much from her and from Gemma. And so actually Ivan Kush has come to me with a couple of scripts that I've been working on with him. And I've just noticed that, oh my God, I feel so much more confident giving these uh, notes. And so it's actually, um, it, as a director, it just makes you um, feel, uh, I suppose, a little bit more like the more you can kind of help the writer, you know, with the structure and that type of thing, um, the more the, the project comes to you and you begin to uh, visualize it, uh, you know, much quicker and um, then kind of moving into director's notes and applying for funding and that type of thing really helps. So yeah, so getting stuck in and trying to be a bit more confident and trusting your instincts on that type of thing is what I found just recently I've been doing anyway, so. Yeah, I think um, a lot of filmmaking is just, 
learning through experience and I think that's how you get more confident as well is just um enabling yourself to make mistakes I think and, yeah definitely uh, yeah well, not not- yourself you know just go well you know if it's not right it's not right but you know just allowing yourself to even kind of make a suggestion or something instead of holding yourself back I think yeah. that's really helpful um I think one of the questions as well is about uh releasing films during this time and um, h- how has your strategy been like Kathy how are you finding it yeah like I mean it's grand like I probably had more time this year than I've had other years which I'm grateful for in some ways <laughs> and um yeah so like I'm, I'm just like it, it's been I think all the festivals have done an incredible job at moving everything online um I know that's a huge fee for them and yeah just hoping next year that things might open up a bit again because like you know the main thing that you'd miss is just the audience and hearing their reactions to your film um because yeah that's the biggest thing I suppose that I, I you know I miss from it at the moment I think it's definitely going to become a thing as well that like going forward I think a lot of people have seen the benefits of, of the virtual side of things um I know even from my own experience the last short I made was with Tony Doyle as well who who made Guard Up we kind of put it out around the time where festivals were still a thing and we also had a run with COVID so we got to experience like the cinema festival and then we got to experience the online thing and there's definitely a lot to be said for the virtual thing I know you miss the networking and you can do your best with with zooms and things and people do miss like going to the pub at the flat or whatever and catching up and seeing people but it's kind of great that you can potentially reach thousands of people at the same time online um you wouldn't have normally gotten that you know so i can definitely see festivals doing like a hybrid thing going Mm. forward i reckon (laughs) what do you think yeah definitely and i think um yeah because i think that's the thing like you know like as well like i suppose like you know some days the festival you can take in so much in that day and it can be hard to actually absorb everything whereas like you know if there's some stuff that's pre-recorded you can still go about like whatever work you're doing during the day and then dip into it at night time and still not miss anything Mm. so that's like definitely something that's you know really nice and yeah i think like yeah you wonder like will it be like a bit more of a hybrid um approach next year and that that'll be interesting Mm. to see how you know they merge together I think there is something though like you I mean going to a festival being in that space being around all you guys I miss so bad <laughs> um and the energy that brings and also experience film with an audience it's yeah. it's not the same you know what I mean sitting at home no matter what no matter how comfy the gym jams are and the glass of wine yeah it's when you're in a room with people and that energy and um what that brings to it and what it brings the audience's um experience as well because experiencing something with an audience be a theater or film is a completely different to experiencing something alone you know and like I've been there even even with my own stuff and I'm like so people start laughing and like literally I want to jump up and down okay. you know it's like <laughs> people find it funny and uh, or else laugh at stuff you weren't expecting and you're like yeah. oh <laughs> where did that go you know so how people see it and how people see it in a room together, I think is, and on a big screen. And we all kind of like, you do make your film to be on a big screen. Like it's wonderful now, especially with the great tellies and the equipment we people have at home that they can um, do that. But you have the big screen in mind when you're shooting it. So I find a very, you know, moving back down, yeah, it's wonderful. But 
I do think the hybrid will probably be a thing and particularly for people who aren't able to get to festivals mm. you know it's and that's great to have a level of access but but yeah, nothing coffee. like the real thing for me. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to get back. It was nice <laughs> not getting rained on at Fla this year, though. As much as we all missed the boat club. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like standing outside the boat club in the lash and rain. It's great. <laughs> Running from one cinema to the other. Yeah. Being a curly haired person, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you're so right, then, as well. Just with audiences, as well, it's every audience is a different experience you know when you're every time you watch yeah. your film with a different audience it feels different and I think um with comedies as well it's waiting for that first laugh the kind of anticipation and when it happens it's like oh, breathe <laughs> <laughs> and different countries as well like it's funny when um because I've, I've gone abroad with a few films and um it's funny when like there's one film that I made the family way and I did not I thought it was really Irish I thought yeah that's you know the Irish audience that's who's gonna like it but actually it went down even better in the US and it was brilliant like I, I was so shocked and it, you wouldn't really know that unless you're there you know what mm. I mean you don't really like people can tell you but you know yourself you like to see it yourself <laughs> if you possibly can but uh yeah no I love I love the live audience I, I i have to say i'm finding it really hard this year i really really miss it you know and mm. and i miss the connecting with people with yeah. people at it october is like that month of the year where there's like a festival every weekend and you're seeing people like in Kerry, in limerick in dublin and cork like it's like something to put on the calendar and you'd miss yeah. it this year i was seeing all like your memories from the year before and it's just like oh like i nearly deactivated my facebook for the month because it was depressing me so much like <laughs> Yeah, next October. <laughs> but one of the good things about um, I, I like what I quite like about it is because um, I set up the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. And what I loved about that was that you had people who would never go to a film festival coming online mm. and watching these like much older women, like you know, that don't mm. go to film festivals, were watching these films and emailing me and telling me how much they loved them. And I was forwarding them onto the filmmakers, and um, and they and they were loving it, you know. And, and much, you know, much older men, you know, people who aren't able to get out and who feel that they're not cool enough to go to these film festivals, <laughs> you know, they're not part of the tribe or something. <laughs> and uh, they really enjoyed it. So that's why I quite like the idea of a hybrid because yeah. I want I, I want as many people to see as many films as possible, yeah. you know, as we possibly can. I don't want to leave anyone out. So, yeah, um, yeah I quite like that. Yeah, the accessibility is it does make it, and even you see it a lot of the theatre that's going out and music that's going out now and the accessibility that way. Um, and I know, like, say, Car I know Carlo Festival, that, um, they had, uh, like, hybrid, a lot of multimedia stuff. And, and like, with gaming, with all this stuff coming in, um, we are going to be thinking about stuff in a totally different way, you know, and how people are in interact with, with media, be it film or anything else. Um, but, yeah, the hybrid for that is fantastic and for accessibility because it is it is a problem you know even affordability for people mm. you know it's it is a huge issue so um speaking of affordability um we have a question is marketing hard with a smaller budget yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of twitter a lot of twitter and a lot of facebook and a lot of instagram and a lot of writing things to papers going please put something in or if you have that and trying to figure out how it might interest them and 
that side is yeah it's all it's all, if you've no money it's always going to be harder like it you know it's um but the I submission like with shorts just even having a social media presence is yeah. is enough yeah because yeah. people are like oh yes i've heard of that yeah and yeah. it's not even in a in a oh yes i've heard of that in a positive or a negative way it's just it's an awareness and then they're they're more tuned to seeing it if they were reading yeah. the program then um and you but, know that's free yeah it's the, well it's the submitting really that's like i mean yeah i've you know that's a, it's a huge barrier like you know when you're making a film with no budget to turn around and fork out a, an awful lot on submitting to festivals in the hope that you get into a few you know and i think they say it's one in ten is the average um i don't know <clears throat> and that like so it is it that bit is expensive and here isn't so bad and europe isn't so bad but once you go over to the, some of the ones in the states would be mm. very very expensive even the early birds are like breaking the bank like you know you yeah. make a list of all the early bird dates and try your best to stick to them um because you're talking hundreds in the difference between if you were just 20 on an early bird and on a late date date like it's hundreds of euros in the difference when they all add up like you know and it's the money you forget about when you're talking about budgets as well you kind of forget about that side of all the and then you're finished you're like wow guys we kept it on budget and it's like oh wait i haven't submitted it to a single festival like and it's just like all that money afterwards it's uh something i wish i was told before i started shooting stuff was like keep that aside because you will need a lot of it you know i think that's one of the great things when you're lucky enough to get a short from screen ireland is that you've got so many festivals already paid for which Mm -hmm. is amazing but still you you still have to find more money yeah um, and then somebody's asked, can you share some of the experience of submitting your film for inclusion in the shorts? Um, I'm not sure whether that means in the Virgin Media Film Festival shorts or maybe uh, Screen Ireland. Um, I'm sure you've all had done Screen Ireland applications and obviously because some of the films are funded from there. Um, how do you find that application process? There. Really hard work, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I find it, um, when I've done them in general, I find it really, you know, there's a level of formulaic stuff that you have to do, you know, your, you know, your treatments and your this and your that and the other. And scripts change. And even if you have a script for a year, if you go back a year later, you're, it's always going to change. So then, everything else has to change with it. So your treatment or your synopsis or all the other work that you've done. And it, it is, it, you have to make up your packages and hope they're at, in the best condition they are and then have them there ready to go when stuff comes up. Um, but it is, it can be very disheartening, like putting months in, of work into something and sending it in and then, you know, not getting anything. I, I think it was, sometimes I feel like if there was a little bit of feedback, it would be great. Like even if a couple of lines and stuff, you know, would be nice. But, um, but because you can, get, you can get the readers' reports. I don't think I've ever asked for the readers. No, I should, probably should. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you can get you can get the readers' reports. Oh, okay. And also, just just mm. to say, I don't know. Do they do it for shorts? Is that more of a features thing? Have you had it for shorts? Yeah, I don't know whether well, I have recently, but I have in the past. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you could get it for shorts. That was yeah. that's. Thank you. 
Jill's going to kill me now, isn't she? Yes. I'm just going to say, just because I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this heartache, but if you don't know about it, make sure all your files are under five megabytes, isn't it? Because otherwise they won't upload and you'll get to the end of the process and it's five to one on the application day and you're wondering why your files haven't uploaded. That's why. (laughs) Sorry, just... Yeah. <laughs> and the word counts as well. Sometimes with, when you're doing applications and the words counts and you're counting it up on your thing and it's like, yeah, it's under 300 or whatever it is. And then when you transfer it over, all of a sudden say, no, it doesn't fit. And you're like, what if it? And then you're trying to delete words here and there to yeah, do them early. Get your applications in yeah. early. Give yourself plenty of time. Don't leave it till five to one. <laughs> And sorry, as somebody's just said that they don't give short film uh, readers notes. So maybe it's something that they stopped doing. Sorry about that. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. In the past, but maybe they've stopped doing it. Um, Okay. Um, I guess probably next question is um, what's next for your film? Um, Have you any other festivals coming up? Or uh, Kathy? (laughs) I, yeah I'm just waiting to hear back I suppose at the moment um but yeah kind of I suppose like this year I'm just applying to the bigger festivals and then I'll just see how I get on and then next year I'll just um I'll start applying to more local ones I think um so that's kind of the plan but yeah as it's like just waiting to hear back I suppose on the last submissions I put in there I won't I won't unveil anything yet I've five coming up this month which I'm delighted about um and uh so yeah so I'll be hopping around the globe and um which wouldn't it's going to be on a catalyst which I'm delighted about because because it's a because it's such a limerick film you know what I mean there's so many of the people working on it are like it's really exciting to have it there and it's got into the female eye film festival which I'm thrilled about um because they they were actually supposed to be live, but they've gone back online now. But um, they didn't have a festival last year. But it's um, the female eyes running twenty years now. It's their nineteenth year because they missed last year, and uh, which is female directed. All their films are female directed, so they've kind of been working on the representation thing for a long time, and they have a fantastic reputation. So I'm thrilled about that. Um, which is this month as well. So yeah, for Where the rushing. It's in Toronto. Very good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, they're, it's fantastic. I'm really, I, do, I probably won't be able to watch it from here. I'm raging that we can't go over for it. But um, the, even looking at, I was looking through some of the program now um, and it's fabulous. They're, they're great. And they're very, um, they've just been working so long on increasing female representation as well that um, I think it's, it's an important festival for me. From my, for me, it is anyway. So I'm really excited <laughs> about that. But, but yeah, it's going to um, the London Irish Boston. Um, it's in Chicago, and London Catalyst. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot now. But uh, yeah, a lot of the Irish film festivals abroad. So, which is great because that it's a, they have a brilliant audience and they have an audience that they've had over years and has built up and gotten bigger and bigger and that the work they're putting in to make these things happen is huge so I'm thrilled about that. And Don, 
Um, we are submitting at the moment. So, yeah. Just wait and see game. Yeah. It kind of comes like a lot of one go and then silence for a while, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's all well. That's it. That's it. Like we had nothing for eight. You know what I mean? You're sitting there looking at it, and you'd. It's, it was hard this year as well because people were kind of hoping that the cinemas would be open. Mm -hmm. So like people were kind of pulling back a little bit and going, "Oh well, will the cinemas be open?" Because everyone wants to see it on screen, you know. So um, because I know with Virgin Media, they were hoping to have a hybrid um festival. I think initially with some maybe going on outdoors or whatever. You know, everyone wants to try and do it if they can. Yeah. So I think people have held back a little bit just in the hope that they um, and some festivals are holding back on actually announcing the fact that they're having the festivals yeah, because they're hoping for the same. And Belfast is usually... Belfast didn't, yeah, and Belfast is fabulous festival yeah, and that didn't... And I think they're, well, yeah. they've been very quiet if they are going ahead. I think they might be postponing as it's, well, I'm not sure. I think it's November. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, they have because they haven't opened it because I keep an eye on us. They haven't opened their submission yet. <laughs> so, um, because I loved, I really enjoyed the Belfast Festival the last time. We were there together the last time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were. Was it the last two? The, the launch party last year was the week of lockdown. So, Tony oh, really? drove up to Belfast for the launch. And then, like, the next day, the whole country went into lockdown. So, that was like the last the time last I left Dublin, pretty <laughs> I was actually I was shooting on a TV show on a series and I was in um we were up north the day before well on the Wednesday and then we locked down Thursday night mm. we were shooting um up in Armagh so uh yeah so and yeah no I'm I think they'll be going ahead next November ish. Flam might be lucky because that's July isn't it the end of July you never know and like if the weather's nice they could do some outdoors. <laughs> 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 we won't be running around we can't wait to run around to the rain dawns like. <laughs> but it's a, when it's sunny in Galway that's the problem because it's harder to get people to go into the cinema because everyone's out like enjoying the sunshine <laughs> and, and uh, what's next for your film? Uh, we're going to Fastnet Film Festival cool. uh, so it was the next one to hear from oh, Fastnet as well yeah delighted that's real. Oh, yeah, but that, yeah, it's gone online as well. It's such a shame, but still delighted to be there. So it's a great festival. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, they seem lovely. I've never been there before with anything, so I'm really excited. Oh, it's sorry. I was going to say you won't be there this time, though. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. Um. So I've just got two more questions. Um, just while we're on festivals, and this is actually a really good one, is at, at, how do you choose what festivals to apply for? Do, how do you find them? Um, I guess, uh, Don, I'll start with you on that. Oh, I have a, a very old Excel that I was gifted by somebody years ago. And then I've kind of fine-tuned. And um, I mean, really, it comes down to how much do you want to spend? Mm. Um, it's looking at the the biggies, the the Tribeca, can, all of those, and then looking at what ones what ones you want to take a gamble on with regards to um, premiere status. Like can will only program it if they know that they have the international premiere. Like it could play Dublin, but it can't have played anywhere else um, in the world outside of Ireland. Um, 
there's not a huge amount of them, but some of them still do. And obviously, if you've had it online in any capacity, a lot of people will immediately just discount it. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of a trial and error, I guess, of looking at. Um, you can also on on Film Freeway you can you can you can search through you can see the older festivals you can see which ones have just been set up like a week ago and are happening in somebody's garage in Oregon <laughs> and are not probably worth your twenty dollars to submit to them um, because you don't want a gift card to something as a prize or if, or if they're even offering prizes but yeah. Yeah, I think you do. You do have to be careful because there are some now. Uh, Film freeway are quite good. They do take them down generally very quickly. But there are there's there's <clears throat> kind of scam film festivals out there. You know what I mean? That are just they they're not actually a festival at all. They're just literally hoping people will send them twenty dollars. Yeah. Um. The but also looking at what the festival has played before. You know what I mean? And certain festivals have a very certain style and they've a profile for their audience um they know what their audience likes so you know i mean some are really deaf like south by southwest it's a very very definite identity as a festival and so it depends on the film and kind of particularly for the more expensive ones i think don't it's um really keeping an eye on what film and if it fits their kind of ethos yeah. in there. And obviously if it's if it's any kind of niche at all, if it's horror or if it's um yeah. and, and there's also th- there's also a lot of them that do have sections for screenplays. So before you even go to the expense of of or the expense or the the labor of making something, you can actually you know try your hand at submitting scripts to see if they yeah having just seen the selection there and seeing if uh, if it has any cachet that way that's interesting I never would have thought of that that's great thank you <laughs> no worries <laughs> and, uh, uh, sorry um, no, I was just going to say I think it's like it's easy to just throw your money at lots of festivals um like you could just go into film freeway and type in Ireland and hit en- enter and submit to everything. But kind of like what Roshim was saying, there's some that might've only been set up there at the weekend or whatever. And, you know, it's 20 quid at the end of the day, like that you could be putting towards something else. So I'd kind of, I've learned from experience just to hit the ones that have been around long enough. You know what I mean? Um, and then if it goes well here, then I usually would submit to like the likes of Chicago Irish, Boston Irish, Toronto Irish and try your hand. I I tend to think of them as more of the the retirement circuit, that after it's done the main <laughs> festivals, that yeah. you then go to the Irish, and then you look at short screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends. I think it depends on the cities as well. Like some of the cities, like Chicago International, won't take it if it has been on in Chicago before. Or you know what I mean. So it dep- if there's ones that you're targeting, um, that are in certain parts of the US or certain parts of here there you have to be careful because there's no point in spending a hundred dollars on a festival that won't show it if you show it in another festival in the same city beforehand yeah you know what I mean so you have to kind of plan it out a little bit so holding on to your um you know New York premiere or whatever it may be um does matter you know 
Now, for a lot of them, it won't, but for some, it must, it will. And every, you know, festivals are there. They're working really, really hard. A lot of them aren't really, you know, they're really working hard to promote film. Ultimately, that's what they're there to do. They're not getting paid. Most of the Irish festivals around the world, people aren't really getting paid. Or if they are, it's a sort of nominal amount to do what they're doing. And um, they're kind of doing it for the passion of the project. And most of the Irish festivals won't mind if it's been somewhere else in the city first. Um, they're still happy enough to screen it if it fits into what they're doing. And I think that the the guidelines is the length of time is probably longer on those festivals anyway. So yeah. Yeah, they don't do Belfast is only a year though. You have to be, Belfast won't is Belfast Film Festival is a year. Um they'll probably do two years this year. Mm. Um but normally it's I think it's it has to be within 18 months um of Complete. or maybe less. Mm. It's either 12 or 18 months, but it's quite short. Um it, again it's some of them and some of them I was kind of surprised at the, the time limit that they have and then others will be like oh 2015 on like, okay <laughs> you know so but again it's also and the minute count under 15 minutes under 20 minutes under or everyone say keep it under 15 minutes <laughs> it's it's so much easier like I love longer shorts I do you know and I the ferry actually was uh, a film that I co-produced without and it's is a longer run time. And actually a few I've had are longer run times, but it's just so much more difficult when you're putting it out there. But uh, the ferry did all right, but uh, it can be really tough with the, if you, especially if it's over 20 minutes. Yeah, I think um, it does disqualify for a lot of festivals, the 15 minute thing. Yeah. Um, so I think somebody's just asked uh, for Dawn, uh, did you have any idea of what the reaction would be to Wild Mountain Thyme? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just worked on it. I didn't write it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, though, that when I was reading it, it wasn't until about halfway through when John Hamm is on a plane over to the from New York and he takes out an iPad and I was like, oh, right, so it's not, that's, that's current day. <laughs> Um, um, I think American romantic <laughs> ideas of Ireland that we all disagree with wholeheartedly. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> no, I've seen the trailer. <laughs> um, I think we'll just wrap things up. But the the last quen- question I want to ask everybody, and it's from an anonymous attendee. Do you have any advice for getting into the film industry? So I'll go around again and we'll finish up then. So, Kathy? <laughs> oh um, that's the question. I suppose um, just surround yourself with, you know, the right network of people. Um, and like I, I think this is like a really good example of, you know, women holding each other up um, and being able to share advice like that because it's um it's a bit of a puzzle when you come into it first trying to figure everything out like you can just talk about the festival plans there you know everything has to be very strategic and and um, there's a lot of things that you can't just find online and read um so yeah do surround yourself with a good network of people and people who you trust and and don't be afraid to get as much feedback as possible and uh, uh mo 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I suppose I, I just kind of like just begin. So if you if you if you want to write a script, just uh, just just begin. Just start writing it, and um, you know, join all the film groups, uh, Film Network Ireland on Facebook. Reach out, ask for someone to read your script. If you want to direct it, then start. Just begin. You have a phone, probably. You know, you can shoot something, and um, do some film courses or part-time film courses or something online. Um, and yes, surround yourself with good people as well, but. Uh, I suppose the, the the first thing is just yourself is to um, just start basically. Actually, on that, I would recommend uh, register for Screen Skills as well. They do amazing courses, and it's also a great way of networking and meeting people. Definitely. Yeah, and 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 Dawn, would you have any advice? Um, similar. I mean, that the it really depends on what you want to be doing. Do you want to be on a film crew? and just getting that experience you want to be behind the camera or in front of the camera like what what's the skill set the skill set that you want to enhance because there's so many different avenues there's going to doing doing a film course in IADT or Ballyfermot or Colossus or there's um sending your CV to a production coordinator and saying, I'd love to be a production trainee, which is basically any human with any kind of common sense on a car can do. Mm. Um, you're just basically going out buying things and um, being a runner, um, which is invaluable, but it is the bottom of the totem pole. But, you know, if you do it well, then you can elevate pretty quickly. Um the, pretty, the, the good routes for trainees are trainee AD, seeing how the floor runs, trainee production, seeing how the office runs, the production office being kind of the engine room of, of, of the film, um, or trainee locations is another kind of set adjacent way, but it does mean standing in a field in the cold a lot. Um, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> they're kind of the routine I would say <laughs> or just fall into it by accident <laughs> and uh Roisin I'd be I'd be kind of pretty much the same I think I do think it's important to go out onto sets if you can so if you can get a trainee or run a job everyone's done them at one point or another and you know and or do them for other people you know what I mean if there's shorts going on like just ask say can I go hang around the set and make sandwiches whatever it is because it is I mean, you can't explain standing 12 hours in mud in the freezing cold in December on the side of a mountain to someone. And if they want, if that's, you know, if it is something that you really love and you want to do, you have to know what you're getting yourself into a little bit sometimes as well. And there's an awful lot of work um, that, you know, it isn't fabulous and glamorous and wonderful and getting handed bunches of flowers. And, you know, it can, it can be, um, it can be really hard, um, but incredibly rewarding. So once it's the right thing for you, you're going to love it. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't think there's anything that would stop me now, even though, no matter what, because I just, I absolutely love it so much. Um, doing courses and asking people, you know, ask people if it's even if it's a message on Facebook, whatever. Ask people if there's something you need or something you want or something you need to know. Just ask them and say you know people are really good and they will all I think people are really helpful and they're really good and they'll always try their best um to do what they can for you so it I think sometimes it is just asking 
um, for that little bit of help. That's really true, as you ask, and people, I think people in the film industry overall are really helpful and really supportive and will give you the time. And Laura, sorry, everyone's probably said everything you were thinking of. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, But yeah, I would just echo what the lad said. And like, if if you want to make your way in as a filmmaker, you know, short films is the easiest way to get yourself out there and to, to get a taste of what it's actually like. Um, and in that instance, like I would just say, like, write what you know, um, write from a place that you can relate to, like, just make the film that you can actually feasibly make right now. Um, you know, do something that you can shoot over a weekend in a location that you could probably get for free. Um, you know, whether it's your nan's house, your mom's back garden, like, just make life as easy as you can on yourself. And you know, you don't need a big budget to make people feel things. So focus on the script and what you want to put across and just shoot the thing and if it's really terrible shoot it again no one's going to know the difference you know (laughs) brilliant (laughs) (laughs) oh well um just want to say thanks very much to all of the panelists and congratulations again on being selected to the festival best of luck with the films in the future thank you thank Thank you so much If you would like to support Women in Film and TV Ireland or see the work we do, log on to wft.ie.